Thank you for listening to Noobs and Dragons. If you'd like to listen to more of LPJ and Sphinx, make sure to check out Last Action Podcast, where they discuss action movies. If you're looking for more Matric, check out twitch.tv slash matriconstage. That's M-A-T-R-I-K. You can also check out his work on YouTube, and that's Matric on Stage there as well. For more of myself... Craig WK, you can listen to podcasts like The Legend of Retro and Noiseland Arcade. You also find me at Twitch at twitch.tv slash Craig underscore WK. If you're interested in supporting Noobs and Dragons, you can go to patreon.com slash GameZilla Media, where you can pay $5 a month for access to Behind the DM Screen, our behind-the-scenes monthly special. This show wouldn't be possible without our patron support. Thank you. Welcome back to Noobs and Dragons. I am Craig WK, of course, and uh, uh, we're continuing the uh, the this like kind of uh, uh, trilogy of uh, character creation episodes with Sphinx. What's up, everyone? Sphinx, great to uh, be chatting with you. Uh, for our listeners who maybe are just popping in, uh, this is uh, uh, you know quarantine. And so the quality of these episodes is uh, not as good as normal. So we're doing uh, like a little bit of a mini adventure and we're starting it off with uh, uh, everyone getting their own character creation uh, episode. Yeah. So if you don't like it, you can fuck off. (laughs) It's I mean, I don't know if I would have put it in those words, but yeah, basically, essentially, I mean, you know, I'd have been a little more polite about it. But yeah, basically, Uh. So, uh, Sphinx, you uh, had told me you were considering a a fighter, a dwarf fighter. Is that right? That's correct. Any uh, reason in particular dwarf fighter stood out to you? Is it like a, a you know, like a, a Lord of the Rings thing? Is it a, you know anything else in particular that inspired you? I think the dwarf part of it was yeah, a little bit Lord of the Rings and uh, the Hobbit. I was kind of thinking along those lines. And yeah. then for the fight, yeah, and then for the fighter, I was kind of looking to go the opposite of Thelonious. <laughs> so not not wanting to deal with magic. Understandable. With action. Yeah. Yeah, uh, understandable. I, I, you know, magic can be a lot of fun, but it's also a lot more to keep in mind. You have to be, you know, paying attention to a lot of different, like, effects and, you know, all this other stuff. So, yeah, this is a, a, a very good way of, of you know, simplifying things a bit from your previous character or current yeah. your you know side character or whatever yeah all things i don't do particularly well with my character so <laughs> <laughs> so i tell you what let's go ahead and uh, uh start up your character so uh you know on your character sheet you're gonna you know of course see things like race and class you're gonna want to do dwarf and then fighter and then level is three because we're gonna go ahead and get you three levels india Alrighty. I, uh, but I, uh, yeah. As far as that goes, I uh, the probably the the you know most most important thing to look at first is your race and what that's going to give you. 
Uh, have you uh, uh, taken a look at the uh, varieties of dwarf and made a decision or anything, or are you still thinking about it? Not not a whole lot. Well, we can take a look at them. Uh, yeah. So on page, oh, what is that? Uh, uh, eighteen. Around page eighteen, dwarf start in the player's handbook. Okay. And, uh, you know, PDF version might, you know, of course, be a slightly different uh, number. But, uh, yeah, dwarves are uh, uh, pretty awesome. They're they're one of my favorite uh, races in uh, Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah. I rather enjoy them. Okay. Uh, so, it looks like I can pick as, what, either a mountain dwarf or a hill dwarf? Is that what I'm looking at right yeah, so uh, unlike uh, your your other character, uh, Thelonious, who's a dragonborn, who just have, like, one flat template, dwarves have uh, uh, set, a, set traits across all dwarves, and then from there you choose and narrow down whether you want to be a hill dwarf or a uh, mountain dwarf. So okay. uh, as far as, like, your general traits go... You uh, uh, are going to have a plus two bonus to constitution no matter what. So if you want to uh, make a note on, you know, next to constitution, just a little plus two, just to remember that. Okay. I don't put that in the box or anything. Nope, not in the box or anything, because it's going to augment with whatever stats you choose. Got it. Yep. Uh, dwarves live a pretty long time. They live to about 350. Uh, you know, they tend to be more on the lawful side, but not always. Uh, you know, uh, uh, your walking speed is 25 feet. So on your character sheet, the speed stat is, of course, 25 feet. Okay. But their, uh, uh, movement is not reduced by wearing heavy armor or anything like that. So, like, you know, you can wear as heavy armor as you want, and you don't gotta worry about it. Nice. I like that. On the, I believe it's the bottom left of your character sheet, there should be a spot for, like, uh, uh, traits and, you know, abilities and stuff. Uh, you're going to want to put in Dark Vision of 60 feet. Hey, something I definitely don't have with uh, Thelonious. <laughs> yeah, Dark Vision is super convenient to have. Okay. Uh, the uh, the next thing to, to note is Dwarven Resilience. You have advantage on saving throws against poison, and you have resistance versus poison damage, which means that when you get hit with poison damage, you take half damage. All right, so resilience, so I have advantage against poison? Yep, advantage on saving throws against poison, and resistance against poison damage. Okay, and resistance against poison damage. Got it. Awesome. So uh, dwarves also, uh, just as a a flat line across their entire race, they have dwarven combat training. Uh, Now, you're thinking about being a fighter, so this isn't that big of a deal to you, but you automatically gain proficiency with battle axe, hand axe, throwing hammer, and warhammer. If you were being a class that didn't have those weapons, you would be able to use them without penalty and even gain proficiency bonus. Nice. Yeah, dwarves are uh, pretty cool. Uh, let's see. Dwarves also gain, uh, uh, proficiency with an artisan tool of your choice, whether you want Smith's tools, brewer supplies, or Mason's tools. And if you have questions about how any of those work or anything, let me know. Brewer supply. I mean, I can make my own beer. Yeah. Yeah. Brewer supply is essentially the equipment needed to brew your own beer. I don't know. I'm kind of a boozer with the loan. <laughs> That's true. Yes, maybe I should steer away from that. 
What would uh, Mason's tools be? Uh, Mason's tools would be like uh, stonework. Like masonry, essentially. Okay. What's uh, that doesn't sound as fun. And then blacksmiths, I'm guessing it's just tools. Uh like yeah, smith's tools would be yep, like hammer, uh stuff to essentially make your own weaponry. Or yeah. armor. What's what yeah, let's do that. Smith's tools? Awesome. So uh yeah. you gain that as a tool proficiency. Okay. And then as a dwarf, you also have stone cunning. Okay. And that essentially means that whenever you make a history check related to the origin of stonework, you're considered proficient in the history skill and add double proficiency bonus to the check instead of normal proficiency bonus. So anything involving stonework, you immediately have a good grasp and you just get double proficiency, even if you don't have history. That's going to maybe coming handy it's one of those things where like it's it doesn't come up often but when it does it's like oh thank god i have that yeah uh and then as far as languages go uh now your background uh may end up changing this up of course uh but uh, uh you're able to uh speak read and write common and dwarvish okay and that you may end up adding more you know languages to that uh, and then from there, you get to decide what subspecies, essentially, subrace of dwarf you want to be. Uh, hill dwarfs or mountain dwarfs? I mean, the mountain one sounds more interesting. Looks like it gives me a little bit more strength. Yeah, uh, they, uh, uh, the proficiency with the armor, uh, uh, you know, that's not going to really do you much good as a fighter, but, uh, yeah, you get a plus two to strength, so, uh, next to strength, go ahead and put a little plus two there. Okay. Yeah, mountain doors tend to be more about strength and force, they live deep under the mountain. Uh, hill dwarves tend to live, uh, above ground, uh, and, uh, uh, you know, have a little bit more insightful, you know, things like that. Uh, but if you're looking for a, a big tough guy dwarf, uh, then Mountain Dwarf's a pretty good bet. Though uh, Hill Dwarf does get the Dwarven Toughness, which raises their HP every level, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Uh, so we have your race decided. Uh, the next big thing to think about is your background. Uh, background is... Uh, uh, Honestly, I consider it one of the more important things uh, when it comes to character creation. Uh, Essentially, it's going to be what you were doing before you were a fighter. Uh, So, you know, the first gut reaction is like, oh, well, I should just be a soldier because I'm a fighter. It makes sense. But, you know, that doesn't always have to be the the case necessarily. So around page, uh, what is it, around 130... Uh, around 130, I think. Uh, roughly yeah, around 120, 125. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, so what did you, when you think of your, your dwarven character you're making, what were they doing before they were a fighter? Like what made them take up the sword and shield and go into battle? Um, hmm. I mean, I was kind of thinking like, I was kind of born into it a little bit, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then I was kind of thinking in a way to tie it into our like story. Yeah. That 
uh, maybe I was being trained as uh, a guardsman for the city. Okay, so you were originally being trained for the city of uh, uh, Rayburn Falls. Yeah. Yeah, we can do something with that. So, uh, yeah, uh, so maybe like I was thinking like maybe like my father was like good friends with uh, Orville, maybe. Okay. I was going to get kind of like brought up. Sure. So, uh, you know, technically, though, when it comes to the uh your background i mean we can definitely just go straight soldier but you know you being a fighter is kind of you taking up the the weapons and becoming a guard in a sense even if you branched off and started doing your own thing uh so you know i would i would think to yourself when it came to your character's childhood you know were they you know like specific, like right, like from childhood, were they pretty much like going to be pushed into being a soldier? Uh, yes. yes, okay. In that yeah, case, that then, was my idea. then yeah, then uh, uh, the soldier background is probably the best bet for you. Uh, okay. as far as that goes, it's uh, a little later down the list here. Uh, let's see, sage, sailor, soldier. I uh, so yeah, I, I, what soldier gives you is automatically gives you two skill proficiencies so you're now proficient with athletics and intimidation okay you're also now proficient with uh land vehicles so if like you have to ride a carriage or something you're gonna be you know proficient with that okay and one type of gaming set uh gaming sets would be like Cards, dice, dragon chess, uh, the card game Three Dragon Ante. Uh, is there any particular gaming set that interests you out of those? Uh, dice. Dice, yeah. Then go ahead and uh, uh, put down that you're proficient with dice. So whenever you're playing games of chance with dice, you get a proficiency bonus. Because I'm not going to be like Thelonious. I'm not going to be having shitty rolls, all right? I'm going to be rolling well. <laughs> we'll see about that. <laughs> yeah. That remains to be seen. Uh, that's true. Uh, and then as a soldier, you have the uh, uh, special feature military rank. Okay. And essentially, that means that uh, uh, if you deal with uh, military organizations that you've been a part of, uh, in this case, especially the city of Rayburn Falls, you get uh, essentially kind of to pull rank. You get to sort of like, you know, get access to their equipment, uh, provisions, you know, like get to be taken care of by them, essentially. You know, like if you find like a, a, a you know, a detail of guards out in the wild for Rayburn Falls and they have a camp and they have food and stuff, they would share with you. Okay. Uh, so that's pretty neat. And then bouncing on back to uh, the fighter itself, uh, we're going to go ahead. Well, actually, no, I'm sorry. Before we jump into fighter, uh, would help if you had stats. That's probably a good idea, I'd imagine. Uh, it's around page 13. Okay. We're going to have you, uh, much like we uh, did everyone else and uh, uh, your, you know, character Thelonious, we're going to have you do the point-by system. And so for our 
listeners who've listened to the last couple episodes, you're probably pretty familiar with the uh, point-by system by now, but uh, uh, for you, Sphinx, the uh, point-by system is essentially you have 27 points, and uh, do you see the, the chart there, or have you not pulled it up yet? Yep, I see the chart. Perfect, perfect. So the, the cost is what you're, of course, subtracting from the 27, and then those give you the ability scores that'll plug into your stats. Okay, so the stats of strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma, right? Uh-huh, yep. So you're going to have six stats altogether that you're going to uh, make. And keep in mind that your uh, constitution and strength are go- both going to go up by plus two, and that's after you spend the points. So if you take, like, that uh, uh, 14 uh, and knock off, like, seven points off the 27, you have a 14. If you plug that into the constitution or the strength, it's going to become a 16. Okay. And keep in mind, too, that even-numbered stats are what you typically want to shoot for because that's when your modifier changes. So, like, if you were to consider getting either, like, let's say uh, uh, a 14 or a 15 in a stat, well, it doesn't necessarily matter too much because both of them are going to be uh, bonuses of a plus two. Mm-hmm. You know, because 14 and 15 are both that plus two bracket of a... Uh, Ability score modifiers, you'll see at the top of that same page, it shows you all the ability scores, you know, and their modifiers. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, you generally want to shoot for even numbers. So, like, if you want a lot of strength, which as a fighter, I'm, I would imagine you do, uh, you know, you'll probably want to consider dropping a 14 into strength. It'll take a set, you know, seven whole points, but that'll become a 16, which is a plus three modifier, which is about as good as it gets at character creation. Okay. Yeah, I want to go high on strength and dexterity. Oh, now keep in mind, uh, do you want a lot of dexterity? Because uh, uh, if you're in heavy armor, your dexterity doesn't go into your AC or anything. Oh. Yeah, so uh, if you're wearing light armor or no armor, dexterity is very important to your you know armor class. If you're wearing big, clunky, heavy you know plate mail or something, uh, chain mail, whatever then your dex doesn't even figure into your armor. It's all based upon the armor you're wearing. Okay. In that case, okay, got it. So I'll actually want to do the opposite then in that case. Uh, yeah, generally if you're looking to, to be a heavily armored fighter with a, you know, a big axe or a big sword or something, uh, yeah, you don't, I mean, don't be wrong, you know, you don't want to cripple your dexterity, but it's not going into your armor class, you know? Yeah, your AC isn't really taking a, a wash from it, and I don't see you stealthing a lot in big heavy armor, so you know you don't have to worry too much about things like stealth either. Yeah. Okay. And then you said four, so seven points. It's going to cost me to get fourteen strength. Uh, yep, and that actually becomes sixteen because of your racial modifier. Yep. Okay. So I'm not. I'm going to actually keep dexterity at. Was that score of eight? I'm not going to use any points towards it. Okay, so you now have two stats and seven points used. Yep. Um, can I add the constitution? Well, I already get the plus two. Yeah, so you I get the plus two. So if you want to drop like a, a 12 in it and make it a 14, that's, you know, a, a cool idea. If you want it even to be as crazy as your strength, you definitely can. You can drop a 14 into that as well. Of cost me four 
Yeah, so I've used 11, so I got 16 left, right? Uh, I believe so. Let's see. All right, seven on strength, and I use four on constitution. Uh, yep, yep, you're right. Okay. Um, Let's see here. It said earlier that I think it's because I'm a mountain guy. I have intimidation, so maybe I want to go kind of high on charisma. Yeah, it's not a bad call. Uh, uh, it, it depends. I mean, honestly, it's more about how you see your character. If you see him as a little un, more uncharismatic and gruff and, you know, doesn't get along with others, then, yeah, you would want a little lower charisma. If you see him being kind of powerful and having, like, magnetism and drawing people to him, then, yeah, a, a decent charisma score is not a bad idea. Yeah, I'm going to go, maybe I'll start with score 12. So I'll, I'll use 12. Four points there. So then I got 12 left, it looks like. Uh, yeah, 27 uh, minus 15, right? Yeah. So in that case, I'll do... I think I'll do a score of 13 for intelligence and then 14 for wisdom. And that should put me right at 27. Perfect, perfect. So in the uh, uh, box for strength, you're going to put in not a 14, of course, but a 16. Okay. The box above it, right? The littler box? Uh, yeah, The I mean, whichever. I mean, honestly, yeah, it's whatever better for you. Uh, okay. I usually say to write the, 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 pre, like the actual stat in the smaller box because the modifier yeah. is more important. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Yep. Okay. And then the modifier for your strength then is plus three. Cool. Your dexterity is a, uh, sadly, just an eight. Okay. Which means that your uh, uh, modifier is a negative one. You have a negative one to anything involving dexterity. Oh, boy. Ah, I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> okay. And then you chose a uh, 12 for uh, Constitution, so that becomes a 14, right? Yep, plus 2, though, is a 16 then, right? Oh, did you uh, put a 14 in uh, uh, Constitution? Oh, no, I did. No, you're right. I did 12, so that'd be a 14. Uh, Yeah, becomes 14, which is a plus 2. Cool. And then uh, you uh, chose what? uh, uh, 14 for your Wisdom, was it? 14 for Wisdom. Yep, so that's another plus 2. Okay. And then uh, uh, your uh, intelligence is a 13, which is a plus one. Okay. And your 12, or in your charisma is a 12, which is a plus one. Okay. And awesome. Your uh, stats there are uh, covered. Uh, So now we can start kind of playing around with uh, the actual fighter class and uh, get all your abilities and HP done. Okay. So let's see. Let's find fighter in the book here. Oh, not far enough. Cleric. Cleric has a million pages. <laughs> let's see here. Fighter. Here we go. Uh, should be around page 70. Okay. 
And, uh, yeah, Fighter is is all about uh, beating stuff up with a weapon. It's it's real simple, but it's real fun. Sweet. All right, I'm all set. Let's go. Awesome. So let's go ahead and do your hit points right off the bat. Uh, okay. So you have a, unlike uh, Thelonious, who has a D6 per level, you have a D10 per Fighter level. Uh, okay. So at level one, you get a maximized 10 plus constitution bonus. So for you, it would be 12. Uh, but you're also getting second and third level in here, and that would uh, be uh, uh, a D10 plus your Constitution modifier. Uh, are you going to take the uh, uh, the average, or do you want to try to roll it out? I'll just take the average. Perfect, perfect. So that would be uh, six plus two, so eight. So sixteen plus your uh, twelve, uh, and that's your uh, maximum. So what is that twenty eight hit points? Yep. Yeah. So your max HP is twenty eight. Okay. Your hit dice for level three is three d ten. Okay. Which is a far cry from uh, your old pal Thelonious. Oh yeah. Uh, and then as far as uh, proficiencies go, like everything, you're proficient with all armor, shields, simple weapons, martial weapons. You have everything. Cool. Uh, and then you have uh, proficiency in two saving throws, strength, and constitution. Okay. Which are the stats are high that are uh, pro, you know, pretty much the highest for you, so that's pretty nice. Yeah. And then this is where you have to be a little bit more careful because uh, uh, as a well, not not too bad because uh, your soldier background gave you a little bit of this. So you have two skills from that list there that you can choose from: acrobatics, animal handling, athletics, history, insight, intimidation, perception, and survival. Uh, and keep in mind that uh, your soldier background has already given you proficiency with, uh, uh, what is it, uh, athletics and uh, intimidation. Okay. So you get to choose two more. All right. Sorry, I got to go back and bubble in my saving throws. Oh, no, so it's it cool. Was, it was strength and constitution. Uh, yep, strength and constitution. Okay. And then I get to pick two skills. Uh huh. From that, that list. Yep, from that list, and that you don't already have, of course. So you know you'll avoid athletics and intimidation. Okay. And if you have questions about the stats, let me know. But you've been playing for a bit. I feel like you have a at least a decent idea of how uh, how they go. Yeah, I'll do uh, insight. Not a bad call. And then, um. They can either perception or survival. Both are good. Uh, one is uh, uh, how well you're going to manage out in the wild. Uh, you know, uh, finding food and water, knowing directions, tracking things. Uh, perception is knowing what's going on around you, keeping an eye out, you know? Yeah. Both um, are big. Yeah. I'm going to roll perception. Perception. Not a bad call. Yeah. Oh, uh, on your character sheet, your uh, proficiency bonus mm-hmm. is a plus two. Okay. Even at third level, it's still plus two. Good stuff. And then right off the bat for level one as a fighter, you get to choose your fighting style. It is the style in which you are best with. You can do pretty much anything as a fighter, but this is what, you know, you excel at because it gives you a little ability. 
Okay. Um, hey, I was kind of looking at these ahead of time. I think I want to go dueling. Dueling. So when you're uh, wielding a melee weapon in one hand and no other weapons, you get a plus two bonus to damage rolls with that weapon. Now, what if I had another weapon with me? Does that mean I get two separate attacks? Uh, kind of. So uh, uh, you'll see in this list two-weapon fighting uh, yeah. as an option. Uh, that is something to consider. Uh, now, if you're using the, if you have the dueling ability and you try to use two-weapon fighting, you're going to lose that plus two bonus to, to damage rolls, of course. Uh, mm. But as far as that goes, yeah, if you wanted to fight with two weapons, you definitely can. Uh, that's uh, what uh, uh, LPJ does with uh, Hannibal a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so essentially uh, uh, your offhand attack, so with two-weapon fighting, you're using an offhand attack, that's your bonus attack, or bonus action to attack. Okay. So it says here for two-weapon fighting, you can add your ability modifier to the damage. That's just what you just said. I can just attack twice. Uh, no, so, uh, uh, everybody can use two-weapon fighting. Like, that's, you know, no big deal. Everyone can do that so long as it's a light weapon and everything. Uh, so you would have to use, like, double daggers, double short swords, something like that. Uh, but the, uh, typically when you're using two-weapon fighting, the, your ability score, so your strength, does not go into the damage of the second attack. It's just the dice roll itself. With that ability, it allows you to add your strength mod to the damage roll. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, uh, the one thing to consider, too, for the dueling that you were looking at uh, mm -hmm. is it specifies that you can't be wielding another weapon. You know, it's just a one-handed weapon. Uh, the cool benefit of that is that you can use a shield. Oh, so you can yeah. wield the sword and shield or axe and shield, whatever, and it's giving you a higher bonus to damage, but you're still getting the benefit of having that shield. Yeah, let's do that. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with my original idea. I want to do the dueling. Sure. So go ahead and write down dueling and then plus two damage uh, with one weapon. Okay. Okay. You also at level one get the ability second wind. Okay. So, uh, as a bonus action, uh, which is one of the nice things about not having to worry about using like two weapon fighting for a fighter, because you have some abilities that can you know use up your bonus action, and uh, mm -hmm. this one is one of them. Second wind. On your turn, you use a bonus action, regain hit points equal to one d ten plus your fighter level, and then uh, you have to use either a short or long rest to get that ability back again. Okay, I like that. It's nice, yeah. It's uh, they have a like a little mini self heal. So for you at level three would be D ten plus three. Cool. And then at second level, I uh, you get uh, I wouldn't say it's a broken ability, but man, it could be ridiculous. Uh, you get action surge. Okay. I uh, so on your turn. You can take uh, one additional action on top of your regular action and uh, a possible bonus action. So okay. what that essentially means... Oh, and then once you use that feature, you have to finish a uh, shorter long rest before you get it back. So once again, you take a short rest and get that uh, uh, right back. But essentially what that means is you can take the attack action, attack, action surge, attack again. 
But then there's also bonus an extra bonus action too. Uh, and then the, yeah, the bonus action is on its own. So like, let's say for example, you're back to do a corner and your you know health isn't great and you really got to down this enemy to save your friends. You can go ahead and bonus action second wind, and then action surge attack, and then attack a second time. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. I. Uh, and that's what you get for uh, uh, your second level. Third level is where it's going to get a little more interesting uh, because of the uh, martial archetype. And uh, essentially what that means is uh, you get to specialize your fighter to make them different than other fighters. Uh, and in the player's hand, uh, handbook, there's the champion, battle master, and eldritch knight. Uh, LPJ's fighter is the Battlemaster. And then in Xanathar's Guide to Everything, there's the uh, uh, Arcane Archer, Cavalier, and the Samurai. Uh, now, which one were you leaning towards? I was leaning towards Samurai. Samurai are real cool. Samurai are real, real cool. So, uh, let's take a look at Samurai here. Uh, samurai... Samurai is a fighter who draws on an implacable fighting spirit to overcome enemies. A samurai's resolve is nearly unbreakable, and the enemies in a samurai's path have two choices, yield or die fighting. Yeah. Let's go for it. So, uh, for uh, uh, samurai at level three, you get two abilities, or two things, I should say. Uh, one of them is a bonus proficiency. So when you choose the archetype, you gain proficiency in one of the following skills of your choice. History, insight, performance, or persuasion. Alternatively, you could learn a language instead. So which of those skills do you want? You already have insight, uh, but none of the others. Um... Hmm... Performance is like acting, playing music instru- musical instruments, stuff like that. Uh, persuasion is convincing people to do things. History is, you know, knowledge of the past. Let's, let's do history. Absolutely. Go ahead and mark down history. Okay. And then uh, as a level three samurai, uh, you get the uh, fighting spirit ability, which is uh, a fun one. Okay. So this also is a bonus action. And in doing so, you give yourself advantage on weapon attack rolls until the end of the turn. And you also get five temporary hit points. What does it mean by temporary? Like ah. while we're while we're fighting, we I just get them added? Yeah, so good question. So temporary hit points are like an extra layer of health on top of your normal hit points. So it's not that your HP actually goes up by five. It's that you kind of have like a buffer, a wall, if you will, of five HP. So that can go above and beyond your normal hit points. Should I add that in the box where it says temporary hit points then? Uh, if you want to make a note of it there, if that's like helps you out, then absolutely. Uh, but that is where you would put temp hit points when you get them. Okay, so I have to, like, I have to do an action to say that I want them, right? A bonus action, yep. Fighting Spirit is a bonus action. Okay, so bonus action, Fighting Spirit, plus five. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. 
And then what was the other part of it? I'm sorry, I missed uh, it, that. Oh, no, uh, advantage on all of your attacks for that round, uh, turn. Oh, nice, okay. Yeah, that's very nice. And essentially, and then you can use this feature three times, and then you regain it all after you finish a long rest. So unlike the uh, 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 action surge and second wind, where you can like you know take a short rest and get them back, in this case you get three per day, and then it's done. So that means I can actually get myself up to fifteen. Temporary hit points, right? Not necessarily. So the the uh, the rule with temporary hit points is that new sources of temp HP supersede the old sort of set of them. So if let's say for example you uh, have five temporary hit points, enemy hits you and you just drop down to two temporary hit points. If you use Fighting Spirit again, you don't have seven. You instead have five. It always just gives you that amount. Okay. So you can't go beyond the five. Yeah, I mean, don't be wrong. Other, like, let's say, for example, a, a powerful wizard comes up and he's like, hey, here's the, you know, this magical ability that gives you a ton of temporary hit points. Here's 20 temporary hit points. Your five has vanished and become 20. Gotcha. Yeah, and always the 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 new source of temporary hit points, so long as it's more than the previous, will always be superseded. Okay. Uh, and then the other kind of cool thing to think about is uh, you have the ability action surge, right? Mm-hmm. This costs a bonus action, right? Yeah. So you can fighting spirit, give yourself advantage, attack, action surge, attack. Oh, that'd be nice. I get an advantage on all that. Yep. You would have advantage on both of those attacks. Okay. Yeah, samurai are neat. I I really enjoy them. I think they have a lot of fun abilities. I. Uh, but I tell you what, I uh, uh, your I uh, uh, you know class stuff is now done a lot sooner than the others because you know uh, uh, fighters are are you know pretty simplified uh, class for the most part. So let's go ahead and jump into your equipment. Okay. Oh, let's see. Equipment is going to be... What page is it around? Oh, here we go. Uh, 143? Yeah, about 143. And on that page, uh, there's the... Normally, you would roll, uh, uh, you know, for your starting wealth... Uh, but in this case, because of the fact that you're a level 3 character, we're just going to go ahead and maximize that. So normally a fighter starts with 5d4 times 10. We're going to just go ahead and maximize that, and you have start with 200 gold. Okay. Okay. So the first thing to look at is your armor. Uh, armors, you know, uh, really fighters are way more dependent upon their equipment than like, you know, a lot of the other classes are. Uh, so armors on page 145. Let me know when you're there. Yep. So you have, uh, uh, proficiency in all armor and shields. So here's the thing. Light and medium armor, use your dexterity mod. Uh, which for you is a negative, so you don't want to do that. You're going to want one mm-hmm. of the heavy armors. 
Yeah. Now, with 200 gold, you can afford split mail, but that's all you'd be able to afford and you'd have nothing else. So you're going to want to take a look at either ring mail or chain mail. I'd probably consider chain mail, especially since you're starting with a full maximized 200 gold. Yeah, let's do that. Awesome. So go ahead and mark down chain mail on your uh, uh, equipment and knock off 75 gold off the 200. So you have 125 left. Okay. Uh, this also, uh, having heavy armor, does give you disadvantage on stealth. Uh, so always keep in mind that so long as you're in your armor, you're going to have disadvantage on stealth. Okay. Uh, now, before we uh, crunch the numbers for your armor class, though, uh, you took the specialty in dueling, so I'd imagine you probably want a shield, right? Yes. So knock off 10 gold and then mark down a shield. Okay. It's so funny because I don't have any of this stuff with Thelonious. No, no, you don't. Uh, as a sorcerer, you don't have proficiency in armor, barely any weapons. You don't need weapons. You yourself are a weapon. Yeah. It's a very different class than sorcerer, like almost the exact opposite. Yeah, which, again, that's what I was going for. So I'm happy to kind of take on a whole different persona here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, so now that you have uh, your equipment, your your armor and shield and stuff, uh, we can figure out your AC. So unlike uh, uh, with light and medium armor where dexterity gets crunched into the numbers, chainmail gives you a flat 16. A shield gives you a flat plus 2. You have an AC of 18. Nice. Yeah, which is solid for a, a, a pretty early level character. 18 is very good. I don't even know if Thelonious is there right now. No, no, he is not. Thelonious has like a... <laughs> I, I think I'm 14. 14 maybe? or 15? Yeah, something like that. I'm checking right now. 14. 14. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's crazy. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump into weapons. This is where it's going to get real fun for you. Okay. Because fighters are all about weapons. So... On page uh, 149 is a big list of the weapons. Okay. You're proficient with any of them. Okay. Any and all. Uh, so some uh, uh, some like to uh, uh, you know specialize in like maybe one or two weapons and just do that. Others are like walking armories. Some some people who make fighters just have like everything they can get their hands on. Uh, which in some cases isn't a bad idea because, you know, sometimes weapon type does influence the battle. If you're fighting a, uh, uh, you know, a zombie with a bludgeoning weapon, it's not going to do that much. If you try to stab a skeleton with a piercing weapon, well, it's just going to go through their bones. You know, you're going to want something bludgeoning for a skeleton. So, you know, it's something to consider. Uh, and you can use any of the one-handed uh, weapons. I mean, you can use a two-handed weapon, but you get that benefit for a uh, one-hander. Okay. Uh, so, you know, uh, dwarves tend to like hammers and axes, uh, and that, you know, doesn't have to be the case for you. You can wield whatever you like. But yeah, take a look at the weapons. If you have questions about them, let me know. Okay. I'm thinking... I definitely want a battle axe. 
Battle axes are cool. Uh, it does D8, which is pretty solid. Uh, if you ever drop your shield and decide to two-hand it, uh, it would become a D10. Oh, okay. Where would I write this on my sheet? I, uh, I believe in the middle of your character sheet has like an attack section. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll want to put like a, a battle axe in the uh, that section. I wrote all sorts of other shit in here. I don't know what I was doing. Ah, it's your character <laughs> sheet. So long as so long as you can read it and know what's going on, that's the important part. All right. So battle axe is one d eight. Yep. So uh, the attack bonus for you is going to be your strength modifier plus your proficiency. So for you, that's a plus five to hit. And then your damage is D8 plus your strength mod of plus three. And so long as this is your wielding this with one hand, it's plus two. So it's a D8 plus five, which is not bad. That's my damage type? Yep. Uh, well, uh, d- that's the damage. The damage type for a battle axe is slashing. Oh, okay. Cool. All right, and that cost me 10 gold. Uh-huh, yep. So I got 55 left. And then, uh, as far as that goes, the... the uh, you know, if, if you want other weapons too, like if you want a, uh, uh, you know, Warhammer or a, you know, Scimitar, whatever, you know, like we can definitely take a look at all the other melee weapons, but you at least want to take a look at uh, something that is ranged. Uh, now, a bow and arrow, you're not going to be that great with because they use dexterity. Uh, so you might want to consider looking at the uh, 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 hand axes, the throwing axes. Oh, so isn't that also slashing? Uh, it is. You can also throw hammers instead if you prefer. Uh, so under the simple weapons, you'll see hand axe or light hammer. And then if you look over to the right, you're going to see throne and then a range of 20 slash 60. Okay. So if you want to either throw hammers or axes, uh, if you want to throw axes but also have another backup, you know, bludgeoning or piercing weapon you know that's fine it's whatever you prefer Ooh, i think i want a spear spears are pretty cool yeah because that's one d6 it also has a throne range so you can throw those yeah yeah i want a spear and it's only one gold Uh uh-huh should i get two spears Oh, yeah, here's the thing is because once I use it, it's gone, right? Well, you can pick it up off the battlefield, but if you forget or you're in a rush or something, yeah, I mean, you can buy quite a few spears if you like. You know, they're one gold each and they have a throw ability. So, yeah, you can take like five if you wanted or more. That's that's what I was thinking. I'll I'll take five because I can always pick them up later. Yep. And then uh, uh, you'll want to make sure to note not only that the spear is a D6, Oh, now here's a question. Uh, dueling lets you... Hold on. Let me see here. This is me being uh, nitpicky about the rules here. Uh, when it comes to your dueling ability, what are the exact words? Because I'm wondering if the... 
bonus would go into throwing stuff as well. When you are wielding a melee weapon in one hand and no other weapons, you gain a plus two bonus damage. No, so if you throw it, it's no longer melee. It's ranged. Okay, so uh, you wouldn't have that plus two bonus to damage when you're throwing it, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, no, it's still a nice uh, backup to have for when enemies are a little too far away. Yeah. Uh, then any other weapons uh, jumping out at you or anything? Um, I still got 50 gold. I was thinking maybe one more. Um, I got piercing. I got slashing. Probably a bludgeoning. Yeah, I'm thinking uh, Warhammer. Yeah, go right ahead. 15 gold. And then uh, it, it's almost the exact same stats as the uh, battle axe, but it's bludgeoning instead of uh, slashing. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And then once you have that down, uh, adventuring gear is going to be your next bet. So on page uh, 151, just a couple of pages down. Yep. Yep. You're going to see a big giant list of stuff. Uh, but before that, you're going to want to take a look at the equipment packs. Uh, they're pre-made and they're a little cheaper than if you buy the gear all separate uh you know you'll probably want one of those because it's going to have things like backpack and bedroll and rations and stuff like that okay uh, what's a water skin a water skin is uh, uh almost like a canteen okay it's like a leather pouch that, you know, you fill with uh, water or, I guess, any liquid you want, but typically water. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the Dungeoner's pack. Go right ahead. That's a, a solid pack to have. Okay, so that's 12, so that's got me down to 23 gold. Uh, so you have a, a couple of options. Uh, you can definitely just take a look through the uh, equipment uh, adventuring gear here and uh, uh, you know just buy whatever you like. Uh, but something else to consider, too, is uh, you had said that you uh, at the start you took the smithing uh, proficiency. Is that right? Yep. If you look at page uh, 154... And as a list of sets of tools, one of them mm -hmm. is the Smith's tools. You can feasibly drop 20 gold and have all the equipment you need for uh, uh, blacksmithery. Okay, how do I find out what that is specifically? Oh, like what goes into it? Uh, Smith's yeah. tools would be like uh, uh, hammers. Uh, uh, it would be... Uh, oh, what are they called? The like the uh, like to those big metal tongs, uh, things like that. Uh, okay. In fact, I think actually in the Xanathar's Guide, there is a section on what goes into those sets. Let me see. That is a good question. Thought they did. They might. May, might not. I might be totally out of my mind. 
Well, you are out of your mind. But. <laughs> All right, that's fair. I walked right into that one. But uh, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure this is a thing, and I'm not, you know, nuts here. Let's see. Uh, oh, here we go. Uh, yeah, list of tools. So cobblers, uh, disguise kit, gaming sets, glass blower, leather worker, mason, navigator, smith's tools. I. Uh, Smith's tools allow you to work metal, heating it uh, to alter its shape, repair damage, or work raw ingots into useful items. Uh, components. Smith's tools include hammers, tongs, charcoal, rags, and a whetstone. I guess I'm trying to think, like, what what would be my use for it? Uh, mostly flavor text, unless you find, like, a forge that you can use. It's more... Oh, What's that? I mean, th- is it gonna like by having Smith's tools? Is that gonna like strengthen my weapons or anything like that? Uh, not necessarily. Though, if you fight somebody and they break your weapon, uh, so you know, if you break your weapon and you have a uh, you know, an anvil and a forge, you could feasibly fix it without having to just buy an entirely new weapon. Hmm. It's to me, it's more about the the you know. The kind of the flavor of your character, like you know, does does your character still practice blacksmithery when he learned it when he was you know uh, uh, younger, or is it more along the lines of something he learned and just sort of you know left it, forgot about, and he doesn't use it very often? Yeah, um, hmm. it just it's it's twenty gold. I only got twenty three left, so I don't know if it's worth spending all that. You know. Yeah. It's tough to say. Uh, it, it is definitely tough to say. Uh, and if you want, you don't necessarily have to decide in this episode right, right. here and now. You know, you can always make final decisions on uh, uh, your gear and stuff, you know, afterwards. Yeah, maybe I'll just hold off on that for right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, as, uh, uh, you know, we've got a little little bit of time here uh, left. Uh, let's see. We've gone through race, background, your stats. uh uh, is there anything on your character sheet that isn't filled in that you have questions about? Initiative? Ah, initiative is equal to your dexterity, so for you is a negative one. Oh boy. Okay. You're not too quick to jump into battle, but once you're there, you're going to kick ass. Yeah. We didn't do inspiration before, so... No, you can ignore that. I, I, no. yeah. Okay. Um, no, everything looks good. Awesome, awesome. I, uh, yeah, so, I, uh, I, uh, you know, so when it comes to your character, you're thinking about playing a, uh, dwarf that's, whose father was close to Orval, and, uh, you were to become a, uh, like a, you know, a member of the town guard. So here's a question. What happened that made you take up adventuring instead? So I, you might like this. I don't mm-hmm. know. This is what I was thinking in my head. Kimarazan recruited me to be one of his raiders. Oh, so you became one of the raiders and then started to just adventure on your own? Yeah, like I left his raiders. Okay, yeah, I can work with that. I can definitely yeah, work so, with that. Yeah, so him and I, we kind of left on bad terms. But... um. I learned a lot from him, you know, like how to drink heavily. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> how 
how to be a douchebag. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, yeah, no, we can absolutely work with that. So yeah, you were. Uh, uh, so here's a question: Is your character's father still in Rayburn Falls? Uh, let's say he's deceased, passed away. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and so so did that make it so that you kind of didn't have ties in the city anymore and took off? Yeah. All right. I. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We we can certainly work with that. I uh, when it comes to uh, uh, your characters or anything else that stands out, any any questions you have? Um, no, I don't think so. All right. I mean, I I guess in your in your idea of your land, what do you call your your world here? Uh, the world of Geisel. Geisel. When when you have your land of Geisel, I mean, with me being a, a dwarf and a mountain dwarf, is that, I'm assuming that means I'm from the mountains then originally? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, I mean, like, dwarves are, are a very prevalent race across the world. You know, they're, they're all over the place. Uh, but on this continent, the uh, largest center of dwarfs would, uh, would be the city of Strakeld, which is north of Rayburn Falls, and to the east of Narquelian. Okay. Let's say I'm like, I'm from Strakhelm then. Strakhelm? Yeah, yeah. It's a big, giant metropolis of dwarves. Yeah. It's a city that resides under a mountain. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that absolutely works. Uh, Strakhelm's a a real big city. I, you know... Despite the fact that uh, 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 nobody's gone there in my, uh, you know, in any Noobs and Dragons campaign yet, uh, I don't even know if anyone's gone in my home campaign either. Uh, but yeah, it's a big center of dwarfs, so yeah, that totally works. Uh, cool. And then uh, any other questions you might have before we uh, kind of wrap the the episode up here? No, I think I'm good. Awesome, awesome. So, uh, uh, providing we don't come up with any other little fun last-minute ideas for what to show the uh, fans before we begin, uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, jump into the adventure next. Uh, So, I I guess I'll end this the usual way, and that's where we're going to go ahead and pause today's session. Thank you for listening to Noobs and Dragons. This show is brought to you by listeners like you. If you wish to support the show, go to patreon.com slash gamezillamedia. From there, you'll be able to gain excellent perks, like a behind-the-scenes show for Noobs and Dragons. We thank you for your patronage.